the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the WC Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, another member of the LVGA 50, the board of the Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance. With us today from Olson Precast Company is Mike Olson. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jaime. Pleasure now, to be here. Yeah, I enjoy uh, speaking to you about all topics. When we see each other at the LVGA, we talk about the need to, uh, all of us to work together, education, the trades, apprenticeships, uh you know, all of us to really meet the needs of employers. That's really what's happening today. We've been talking about it uh, before the show with you, that the greatest need here in our valley, uh, really across the nation, is the shortage of labor. And so those solutions is something that comes up all the time at the LVGA, and we're going to talk a little bit about it today. But first, tell us how you started Olson Precast Company, right? It started with a, in 1989 with a $50,000 line of credit and a handshake. Today, you have five facilities in three states. Tell us about that journey. Okay, so I got to back up a little bit. So I graduated from Arizona State University in 1985 and uh, went straight to work for my father's company, which was similar to what we do, but um, not as uh, technical now. We've advanced into more divisions, into more infrastructure areas, a lot of vertical integration. But I went head over heels into my dad's company. My dad was an absent owner. Um, he had 67 employees and was doing about 4 million in sales. And two years later, we had 45 employees and we're doing six and a half million sales. I probably had my life threatened two or three times because I'm a young kid. I, a lot of people don't get the opportunity. I was thrust in to basically we had a GM that didn't know what he was doing. I had worked summers there since I was 13 years old. And so I just was like, hey, we don't need eight guys at the night shift. We could do it with two. And I'd say, hey, dad, we, you know, we need new equipment. We need, and my dad just wasn't investing back in the company. And so I was really getting frustrated. It was growing. The savings and loan crisis was hitting right then, like 88, 89. My dad didn't protect a lot of the uh, receivables. And I'd go, dad, these guys owe us X amount of money. Oh, they've been good. Finally, I just came home one day and told my wife, I said, hey, I'm frustrated. I want, I'm looking to do something else. Well, a buddy that flew down uh, or came up to Vegas, he had worked in Phoenix for one of our contractors. He owed us like 12 grand. Our shop painted his Corvette and he went to work for a contractor in Vegas and he felt kind of guilty for stiffing us on the bill. But he called me up and he goes, hey, Oli, Oli's my nickname, Mike Olson. But anyways, he goes, hey, Oli, uh, you should come up to Vegas. Nobody does what your dad's company does. So, I mean, I literally got on a plane in July of 89. I flew up here. I was spending one night. I had all the intentions of just researching. We start driving the fields and I get out. I'm looking at the construction going on here. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like just fertile, you know, land and, and stuff. There was nobody, um, the manholes that were being poured here. And that's what we started doing. It was just junk and there was no quality or anything. So, then the next day I go, hey, I'm going to go around and talk to some ready mix people and see if I could get a little piece of land and start, you know, maybe doing something. I went to four or five different uh, concrete companies and ready mix companies before I went up the hill on Vegas Drive and I met um, Daryl and Richard Thornton with Nevada Ready Mix. And I was a young kid. I'm like 27 years old. I look at Daryl and I tell him what I want to do. Everyone else is kind of like, oh, this kid's crazy. And Daryl goes, hey, there's not a lot up Vegas Valley Drive. It's 
towards the old dump. He goes, but we got property up there. He goes, I got four or five acres you could go up and look at. So I drove up the hill and completely on the east side of town here. And I look, I go, this is perfect. And uh, I came back down. I said, hey, I don't have a lot of money right now. I go, but uh, he goes, that's okay. He goes, you're going to use all my product, right? I said, yeah. So fast forward, Rear's Digest version. We start building the plant, me and three guys. I brought a guy up from my dad's company named Ron Gerardo, who I gave 12% of the company to at the time. And um, and he was like my wingman. We got the company started. We used we had some old junker forms that we kind of refurbished, started pouring manholes. Couldn't get the approvals with Clark County Sanitation District. Uh, back in the day with a guy named Kent Olson, no relation, but spelled the same. Finally, we got our break March 4th of 1990. Um, Rick Stratton with Stratton Electric. Uh, I got to know his nephew pretty well. I was working for him. And he goes, okay, man, I'm giving you a chance. Like, don't blow this. We poured four manholes at Paradise and White. Everyone thought it was going to take all day to pour four manholes. I brought the two artisans up from Phoenix, um, from the Preach family. Long, uh, There's a long connection here with all these people. And Jeff was young. He was not happy working for his family business. I brought him up as my lead guy in port. He pours four of the most beautiful bases. Stratton people are all going. Their, their superintendent goes, I got six more half mile down the road. We poured 10 manholes our first day, which was about 10000 in revenue in my very first day of pouring up to that point. I had not paid Nevada Ready Mix any rent money. Um, the the Daryl and Richard both said, hey, we know you're going to be good. And pay us when you can and stuff. We were buying ready mix from them and everything else. So long story short, that was our first day in business. And it kind of took off from there. Um, with the Thorntons, that deal probably has come back to them. I I would be conservatively, I would say in the last 30-something years, we've done over $150 million worth of business with Nevada Ready Mix. I, I always felt like a loyalty to them uh, for giving me that start. Um, I didn't pay them a dime until like seven months after I'd started everything or eight months. And uh, now, of course, you know, you got to pay them, you know, within 10 days or whatever that is. But they were just really awesome. And then with the Stratton side, Rick looked at me and he said, hey, do you have a bank? And I go, I, I don't really have a bank. I go, I've got this line of credit. I haven't really tapped into it yet. I go, I've been, I had a little bit of money saved up. And he goes, you need a bank, man. He goes, you need it now. You're, you're going to be out of money. And so I said, okay. And he goes, here's what I'm going to do for you, though. He goes, every time you pour a manhole, he goes, I want you to bill me. Come to my office and I'll write you a check. And I said, well, Rick, I can't bill you when I pour the manhole because that's not complete. I got to pour it when I stack the manhole and the frame and cover. And he goes, okay. That was my credit line to my bank. Um, Stratton was my biggest client for about the first six months I was doing business here. And I never needed a bank in reality because Rick really bankrolled me there by paying so fast. Who gets paid in one day in the construction world? So that's kind of how uh, we got our start. And then we just kind of morphed and grew and looked at opportunities and and we continue to grow today. Now you're in three states. We are in three states. Um, we're uh, and, and I'm not even afraid to say this. We had a division in Northern California um, got sideways. We're, I got to back up. We're signatory to about 11, 12 unions. We go to Northern California. I get a bad salt job. Um, these guys are not really that good. It was a three-year really tough situation in Northern Cal. By the grace of God, I sold that division to U.S. Concrete. Uh, the guy who did the deal from U.S. Concrete side runs our Palmer division in Phoenix, Arizona right now. So, you know, fast forward 30 years um, and stuff. But we're in Southern California right now. 
but we are actually uh, going to close that division. We are still going to sell down in the California, but we are building a new manufacturing facility in our current facility here. I'm bringing up about 25 families from uh, Southern California. I sat down with every one of my employees, some of the best labor production guys, a uh, couple management people, and they are so excited to get out of Southern Cal and come up to this beautiful city. And um, so we're super excited about that. And we'll have the privilege of selling back down into our customer base without having a big footprint there. The policies and procedures there uh, make it tough to not only um, not only be competitive and make a buck, but uh, it's almost restricting business down there, even though there's a lot going on. What a, a wonderful story, uh, a business success. You know, you're doing the work of the LVGA by helping, uh, uh, you know, bring business here, bring workers here, expand our thing. So Tina would be proud. It ties <laughs> me into my next question because you're known as a really hard worker, but we also know those of us who know you know you have other strong passions outside of construction and work as well. So tell us how you carve out time to also give time to your passions. So, all right. So, uh, I've been really blessed. Um, I coached high school football for 24 years, um, head coach all 24 years. Um, 18 is like a JV head coach because my son was playing and trying to figure out business. I flew on a plane back and forth between Phoenix and Vegas. I mean, just like almost daily sometimes. Uh, but I was able to, um, to, I love coaching football. Uh, it's just, it, it's, it's like the ultimate chess game, but I'm playing with like real warriors, you know, and it's just, and I love the camaraderie with my staff. I've also um, been a volunteer young life leader. Um, I'm still one today uh, going on my 30th year. So I really love um, working with youth. I think, uh, you know, there's youth need to be led. Um, I think we can see it. I think we've uh, really pushed a spirit of fear into these kids these last three years with COVID and the shutdowns and everything. And through sports and just through hope, um, you know, letting kids know, Hey, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't what life's look like going forward. There's, there's a hope and there's a future. And, and through football, I've been able to um, really inspire and really push some kids that might not otherwise have wanted to succeed in life or do something. Um, football is the hardest sport as far as showing up for practice every day when it's 115 degrees out there. And the kids that get it, I mean, they go on and they've got kind of a work ethic and work values. You know, if you can play football in the desert heat, um, you know, you can, you can be successful uh, in the business world. That's right. And um, I imagine you were having a great time uh, on the Super Bowl. My next question is also <laughs> about family. The um, You know, you learned the business from your dad. And uh, again, those of us who know the story, I think our listeners would enjoy to hear. There is something in there and those experiences that motivate you to to, uh, to move your business to Vegas. That story you told us today in, in the opening was there something that you learned there and being in business with your dad in the early years that gave you, equip you with the courage to do, to, to bring together this success story you've shared with us? Yeah, I think I owe my dad a lot. Um, but it's both, I learned what not to do and I learned what to do. My dad was a very smart man. Uh, he passed in 2012. He was a USC engineering grad, uh, played basketball there for two years and then things kind of fell apart with family and my mom and dad, they had, uh, 
they had split. My dad uh, picked the wrong girlfriend in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, this is all Googleable too, when I tell you. Uh, so he uh, picked the wrong girl. She was a wife of a made man in Quebec, Canada. Um, his, my dad's best friend was my best man at my wedding uh, because I got married Greek Orthodox and he was a Russian Orthodox and I didn't have an Orthodox friend and I had to have an Orthodox be my best man. His name was Pete Miziak. They called him Pete the Polak. My dad's best friend was accused of murdering four people, including his ex-wife. I knew all four people. Um, and I didn't like the road my dad was going down. Um, the reason I brought up the girlfriend was my dad had to go into hiding. Uh, this is going to sound like some spy novel, but there was a hit put out on my dad. And um, I didn't know that. And my dad had me do some things that put me in jeopardy. Like looking back, I didn't know, like going to get money from a house that him and his girlfriend were living in that he had in a briefcase. I could have walked in on anything. They're looking for my dad. So I knew I was done with my dad. And, you know, it's a story of redemption though. I didn't talk to my father for 15 years. He taught me everything. Like I said, who goes right in? I went from ASU partying till, you know, going to bed at three or four in the morning till having to be at work at four in the morning. Uh, overnight almost, and, and was engaged at the time. And I went from division to division. Uh, I poured concrete. I poured manholes in the field. I did all the tough stuff and really learned the appreciation for what my men do every day. And But I also, um, I had a brain. I used it. Um, like I said, we were able to, to, to I, I, I never got to see a P&L, so I never knew how much I was making for my dad and I didn't make much, um, but I had the perks. I had a truck and a, and a, and a company credit card. My wife and I would splurge, you know, uh, pizza hut or something maybe back then, or maybe, but what was good about it was I was able to really learn the biz. Um, and then when you have your life threatened three or four times, because you're getting rid of guys that have been there for 20 years, uh, it's pretty like, it's, it's, it's an eye opener. And I was like, Hey, I'm doing this. Um, I built a division for my dad in Albuquerque. I kept telling my dad, let's expand, let's grow. We can do this. I've got this. I, I know some young guys we can bring in. I built a division in Albuquerque right before I left him. And my dad was um, ultimately, uh, I, I know I hurt him pretty bad because I know he loved me very much, but um, I made my mind up to leave. And we did not speak for 15 years. My dad begged me the first year that I was up here, he did not have anyone to run the biz. I said, I'm not going to run the biz, but I'll do all the estimating. I was able to go to Phoenix on a Friday, hit the Dodge room, you know, all the plans, old school. And I was able to get all the bids out, faxes back then and everything. But what I did was I went from making $27,500 and I said, dad, I'll do it only if you pay me 85,000 a year. I thought that was like gigantic. So I kind of blackmailed my dad and that was, uh, it helped me up here, but that was, but my dad taught me so much about business, so much about character, so much about things on both sides of the spectrum. And I, and the good news is, the redemption is, the last five years of his life, he was coming around. My son played football, or very good football, uh, high school football player. I was coaching. My dad starts coming to my church. My dad starts hanging out with us. And we really had a good last five years. I think there was forgiveness on both our sides. But had that not been the situation, I don't know. I, I you know, I was just very fortunate to blaze my own trail like that. I love stories of redemption. And, you know, it, it's obvious, again, as you said, that um, 
you uh, had a really special relationship there that that shaped your life. I think um, you know it's probably pa- being passed on to your to your son as well. There's a lot of, uh, and I think I can see a Mike Olson book in, in your future, right? All those <laughs> stories about uh, the it, it are really cool. So uh, when the passion is uh, you know palpable in your story. When you earlier when you talked about the manholes, I was thinking you know I opened many properties when I, in my years on the strip. I opened Mirage, Treasure Island, Bellagio, and there's manholes on all of those on the strip, you know. And I think now I'm thinking, you know, you probably poured some of those. So along the projects here in Las Vegas, I've mentioned a few names. Is there any special projects that are memorable to you and you're really proud of? Yeah, we have a number. First of all, back on that, I was letting the guys know before um, our podcast uh, when we we're building our plant, we would look across the valley and it was beautiful, unobstructed view from basically Sunrise Mountain, glittering strip at 430 in the in the afternoon as the as the the sun was going down. And the Mirage was the first mega casino that was being built. Now we've since done a lot of work in the last 30 plus years out there when they've expanded and done some things. The next big casino project that was going was the Luxor. And um, we were very fortunate. Um, tab contractors. I had formed a pretty good friendship with um, with with Greg Polk and his guys, and, and they liked me. And and um, but I had to. That really forced me to join the union. I, I was like, oh wait a second, you know, like I never thought I was going to join the union. I was able to craft my own deal here um, with the labors, and I still owe them a lot of gratitude. And uh, anyways, they kicked off a sub on the Luxor and said, do you want to do this? It wasn't just manholes. It was drop inlet. It was stuff that I had guys that could do it, but it really thrust me into now I'm getting into the more serious structure market. And so that was like our first huge like project for us at the time. Like, I think that was, I'm great with names. I'm bad with dates. I'm going to guess 91, 92. And uh, we're working and Preeny was out there. And, uh, and that was a fun project, um, for us. And then we've been very fortunate, um, being one of the only union precasters in, uh, this state, actually, um, we we're on pretty much every casino project, but the projects that stand out, uh, most of our stuff gets buried, mm-hmm. you know, manholes, Nevada energy, uh, products and, and storm drain stuff. But we, uh, have about 18 miles of sound wall on the f- beautiful freeways here coming out of, uh, 95 out of Henderson, um, that post and panel tan wall, um, that's ours. And then making the bend on 95, the decorative stuff we did with Meadow Valley uh, back in the day. And then going north on 15, if you're exiting Cheyenne on the right, that was our first wall. And NDOT wanted us to rip it out, but we did pour it to their specs. It's just a very bad design and it looks like crap. But, uh, and then on the other side, we did a design build job with Las Vegas paving. So all told, we've got about 18 miles of sound wall around the freeways here. Uh, we've done, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've done, we did a, oh, when it got really slow in 2008, 9, 10, we built a pedestrian bridge. Um, it's right over here on 95 and Decatur, and it's a beautiful bridge. It cost me money to do it, but it's a beautiful <laughs> bridge. So we've done some very interesting projects. Uh, we did the, uh, we did the, uh, let's see, we did the Boulder Dam uh, Visitor Center, all that decorative windy concrete. Um, we've, we've ventured into a few things looking work, but we really looking for work, but we really stay focused on what we do now. And it's really um, sewer and storm drain infrastructure related uh, 
projects, coatings and paintings. And then we have some vertical integration with um, some steel fabrication companies and stuff like that. So it's been, um, it's been fun. And I got a great team. I got to say one thing. It's, it's not me. I, I was able to coach football for 24 years because I got guys that would like play for me. If I was a coach, you know, they'd, they'd give it their all. They'd run through brick walls for me and I've been very blessed. And so, um, yeah, I, I always say, Nobody ever um, quits Olson Precast Company. They get fired. We really have a high retention rate, and I think that's just because of the culture that we built and also understanding as an owner, um, taking care of the guys that have taken care of, of us, you know, and my family. So It's really cool to, to have a company that um, – that- you can drive around the town and see things you're proud of because you made them. It reminds me a lot of our friend, um, also a member of the Workforce and Actions Board, uh, Guy Martin. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're ever with him, you say, you know, we built that, we built that. And that's a really uh, sense of pride that I heard in you as well. Properties, and by the way, again, that I lived and spent years in working. So the last question is the hardest. Are you ready? This is for you, Tina Quigley, because she <laughs> said, we got to ask Mike this question. Okay. Um, how do you hope, uh, earlier in the interview, uh, off camera, you told me you were really glad that Tina, uh, you know, invited you to be a part yes. of the LVGA. I think all of us are there hoping to make our region as competitive as possible in every way, how we contribute as private businesses, as the education system, as the workforce system. So for you, Mike Olson, uh, what do you hope to contribute to the organization? And then what do you hope to take away too in your time as a member of the LVGA? So awesome. Great question. So Tina asked me, we needed somebody that um, is very familiar with infrastructure. And, uh, well, I'm very familiar with infrastructure. And it's a passion. I mean, you got to face it. Like, um, I probably have the only business in town that if you if you put um, what your main product line was on a license plate. Um, so if I had manhole on my license plate, I'd get a lot of funny honks and waves like... Yeah you know, Hey buddy, how you doing over there? But no, seriously, um, two things is having business in Arizona, having businesses in California as well. I've seen Arizona, um, and not name dropping, but my good friend, Doug Ducey was in my opinion, one of the best governors in the country. I mean, on, from a business standpoint, um, policy stuff, I think he's, he's done some great stuff. I mean, we can all argue, I mean, God, anyone that went through COVID, I mean, there's both sides of that one, right? But he helped bring so much business in. And and Nevada, we're very unique. And for years and years, we've been gaming and construction. Now we're starting to really diversify. I want to help with that. I want to, if, if I can talk with an owner of a company I, I, and they feel the passion. I love our business community here in Southern Nevada, especially. I love it. I mean, to the fact that it is literally in the business community, I believe it's one degree of separation. I did a favor for uh, City of Henderson. Someone asked me to talk to a gentleman, the owner of a, a company that's actually doing nuclear fission out at Nellis Air Force Base. He's moving his company from Torrance here. And um, we had about an hour conversation and they're coming, but it was more like, Hey, it in California, you're just, you're just swimming in a sea of, of political mumbo jumbo and mess. You don't know what's going to change the next day. 
here in the business community, we're tight and we're connected. And, and what I love about that is I, when I explained to him, I said, Hey, it's one degree of separation. You want to meet somebody you want to, you want to get connected to workforce, anybody that it is, it's one degree, you know, me now. And if I don't know the person, okay, I'll know someone that does and get you guys connected right away. And business owners love to hear that. And so I think that if people realize what a great community Las Vegas is, I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, just from, and, and the other thing too is we're working on the right things through the LVGEA. We're working on education. One of the biggest things, because what's one of the biggest things we hear? Our education system isn't that great, but we got great things happening in education, right? And um, so by bringing us all together, so, you know, developing the workforce and getting business to come here and diversify it tech, whatever that looks like, but changing it up a little bit. Um, I think that's the future of Las Vegas. And I'm very bullish on Las Vegas. I look at it when I first got here, we were just under a million proper and Vegas hit 2 million proper. I'm talking Vegas proper. What was that? Five years ago, four years ago. So I look at, if you consider the amount of people just moving from California alone, and I know a lot of people, like I said earlier, we're bringing 25 families up. Um, in the next five years, if we continue to get 40% of the people moving here from California, I think it's going to be a bigger exodus than most people think. Uh, I think it could be, you know, 500,000 people leave and we're getting 40% of that. That's pretty good growth from one state. So being part of this board, being part of just amazing people on this board, people that know Vegas, that, 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 you know, have been here that understand the roots and everything. I think it inspires me to want to sell that. And, and so what I get out of it is people like you, I get to meet really smart people that, uh, that I learn from and, and also that we can collaborate on ideas and, and stuff to grow, um, Nevada's business base. So, well, Mike, uh, I look forward to continuing to seeing you at the end and uh, getting to know more about Olson Precast Company, see your success, the growth of your company. I appreciate that you came here to spend some thoughts with us here this morning. I'm sure our viewers are going to enjoy seeing you. We're going to leave your website here on the screen as well awesome. so, so people can go in and learn more about Olson Precast. Mike, thank you again for coming today hey, to the podcast. Can I do one disclaimer? So if you look at my picture on that um, on our on our website, it uh, it's basically Lieutenant Dangle from uh, Reno 911. Uh, I bought a prison bus two years ago and I drove it across country with my best friend in an orange prison jumpsuit and we filmed it. We almost got, he almost got shot twice thinking it was a real thing. So I have to just put that disclaimer because I don't have that big hairy mustache and I don't usually wear those tight of shorts. So thank you. Thank Hi. you. There you I go, appreciate guys. you, Clammy. Appreciate <laughs> you, brother. Yeah. All Thank right. you. There's a disclaimer. That's another episode of our WC podcast. We hope you join us in another one. Until then, stay safe.